I want to uh, help us track with the Lord. Some of you uh, may not be familiar with how we move here at Word Alive uh, spiritually, but we basically align with a biblical calendar. Uh, we know there's a Gregorian calendar, of course, that we live our lives on, on here on the earth, but there's a heavenly calendar that God lives on. And so what we've attempted to do over the last 10, 10 years, a decade, is align our lives, our calendar, with God's calendar so that we could be more of at the right place at the right time. We've not done it perfectly, but we basically have moved exponentially in being at the right time at the right place. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing better for your life than to be at the right time at the right place. So look at somebody else and just tell them you're at the right time at the right place. Tell them you're at the right time at the right place. Those watching online, tell your family we're at the right time at the right place today. And so Friday night, we slipped into a very significant spiritual season known in the Hebraic biblical culture as Teshuvah. Teshuvah is 40 days of repentance. And this is 40 days. If I could show the first slide of the shofar blowing, please. 40 days is the days where uh, in the biblical culture, you hear the sound of the shofar for 40 consecutive days. Now, this is annually. So every year at this time, God comes to his people. He's been doing it for thousands of years. God comes to his people and he says, blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Why? Because God is so in love with his people, he doesn't want anybody to miss his spiritual opportunities when they come our way. And so God comes every year intentionally to say, here I am again, ready to bless you, ready to break you out of old destructive cycles, ready to break you out of old destructive habits, ready to break you out of old destructive mindsets and give you another opportunity to step out of the old and step into the new and break old cycles even generationally and move into new blessings of God. And so here we are at that time, these 40 days are very, very significant. It starts it started Thursday on uh, evening on August 21st. It goes to the Day of Atonement, September 27th. Now, this month of Elul is very important. It's the month of Elul. The cool thing about that is the next slide, please. The king is in the field. The month of Elul, E-L-U-L, are the four letters, the acronym basically for the Song of Solomon, I am my beloved's and he is mine. So this is the time of year where the Lord becomes very close and intimate with us. It's known in the Hebraic culture as the king is in the field. So what does that mean? Annually in the uh, ancient days of biblical times, the king lived in a palace. And so there was a protocol. You had to have a certain protocol, a certain dress, a certain concept or, or protocol or ability to enter into the king's presence to have an audience with him. And only a few special people got to do that. But annually, the king would leave his palace, take a tent, and go and set up in the field. And this meant not only did the business people and the patriarchs and all the important people in that culture have access to the king, but the worker and the person that works in the field, not only the owner of the field, but the worker in the field. Everybody had access to the king during that time of year. So God, demonstrating the same culture toward us, says once a year, I mean, God's close, we understand, and you can seek God anytime. But the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Annually, God comes during the days of Teshuvah, and instead of you entering his realm, he enters your realm. So in other words, don't be surprised God show up in your house. 
God show up in your business. God show up at school. God show up in your marriage. God show up in relationships. So annually, God says, I'm going to get out of my ram. Normally, we're entering his ram. God says, this time of year, I get out of my ram, and I come get in your ram. And so aren't you glad that this year, God's going to get in the field. God's going to get in the field of your marriage. God's going to get in the field of your home. God's going to get in the field of your ministry. God's going to get in your field of influence. God's going to get in your field of relationships. And the Lord, the King, is in the field. And he's going to fix some things and rearrange some things for us during these 40 days. It's traditionally known that these 40 days of the king is in the field is that he releases or demonstrates his kindness or his goodness. This is found in Exodus 33 and 34 where Moses said, God, show me your glory. God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in a place. I'll cover you with my hand. And I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. Isn't it interesting that God didn't have to hide Moses from his wrath? It's not his wrath that's powerful. It actually says his wrath is just for a moment, but his goodness lasts forever. His goodness is what's so powerful. He said, my goodness is so powerful, I have to hide you when I pass by with it unless it overwhelms you. I don't know about you, but one of my grandchildren are here, Preston. I have uh, four grandchildren, and sometimes I'll get them up and I'll squeeze them, and it's like they have to beg me to let go. You know, it's like... I'm all actually physically harming them, like, because I'm just, I just want to just, uh, and then bite them even, you know, uh, you know just, just love them like that, and they're like, let me go, you're hurt. See, what God's about to do to some of you, he's about to grab you and give you so much goodness in this season, you're going to have to say, God, I can't take no more, you got to put me down a minute. This is, these, this is these 40 days of God manifesting his goodness, saying, I will proclaim the Lord his goodness, his graciousness, and I will have compassion on who I have compassion. See why? It's the season of repentance. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. When we realize how good God is and how good his plans are, this is what causes us to turn toward him and trust him and work with him and walk with him when we taste of his goodness. Isaiah or Psalms 27, 13 said, I would have lost heart unless I had have believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you're about to see the goodness of God. Tell him you're about to see the goodness of God. The blessing of this month is the blessing of the tribe of Gad. And this is God's promise through Jacob to Gad. Here's what it says. Gad, a troop, shall tramp upon him, but he shall triumph at last. What's God saying to us? Whatever's been on top of you, you're about to get on top of it in this season. And God's going to give you a shift in the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere. So here's what, these are the biblical concepts of Elul. On Elul 1, Moses, the next slide, on Elul 1, Moses went to the mountain for 40 days. This actually happened biblically on this time right now we're in. Elul 1, Moses goes on the mountain for 40 days and experiences God's goodness. Number two, on Elul 1, Jonah was sent on a journey for 40 days to call a whole nation back to repentance. I believe the next 40 days are very important, not just for you and not just for me, but for the whole nation that we live in, the whole nation of America that we live in. The next 40 days are very, very important. Now, I understand that only 5% of the world lives in America, and I understand America is not the kingdom of God. I understand the kingdom is global, but I will tell you, I believe America has a prophetic purpose. And there's a reason that we need America to be aligned with God because think about this. I heard Reagan's speech from years ago this week. I was watching it on YouTube who said America is one of the only places left where you can actually go and find freedom. 
Think about that. Of all the places in the world that you could true freedom, I'm talking about on every level. Our nation is the only nation left where we are free on every level here to function with tr true, pure freedoms. And I believe this is very important because God has raised up America for a prophetic purpose for the whole globe as a redemptive factor. And so when we talk about changing the spiritual atmosphere, we're not just changing it over your life and my life. I believe it will affect the whole nation as we step. We're actually aligned with a global movement called Ecclesias Everywhere. If you hadn't been there, go to the Facebook page. It's free of charge. Join Ecclesias Everywhere. We're believing that a million homes will begin to buy into the fact over the next 40 days that in our homes we can pray and praise and worship God and shift the spiritual atmosphere over the United States of America in the next 40 days. I believe we can do that. I believe we can do that. Now, if you don't believe that we can shift the, the, the atmosphere, it's already happening. People are already experiencing shifts in the spiritual atmosphere in their spheres of influence. We call it prayer evangelism. I'll be talking to you about this in the next few weeks as we journey these 40 days together, but how you can actually bless, fellowship, meet needs and proclaim and see, see, see people's lives change. This is Luke 10 where Jesus said, go do this. When you step into somebody's home, speak peace, bless them, eat what's set before you, fellowship with them, meet needs and proclaim the kingdom of God. And it says, when they started doing that, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The atmosphere changed when people begin to step into acts of kindness, words of blessings and prayer over people and friends and neighborhoods. It says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look at your other neighbor and say, Satan's about to fall out of their life. Say, Satan's about to fall down around you. I was on a call yesterday, a Zoom call, as I've done many of the, in these days, and I was on the call with friends of mine from New Orleans, the Sinceris, Dean and Holly Kim Sinceri. They'll be here in November at our conference, and they have a ministry in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. And uh, you're talking about a spiritual atmosphere. There's an owner of a bar there that owned Bourbon Street that told his employees and his staff, he said, I need a, a bit of time, I need to go find myself. I'm on, a, I'm on a spiritual quest. I don't know what, what's happening, but I need to go find myself. When in looking for himself, he found Jesus. So Jesus introduces him to this bar owner, to Jesus, introduces him to himself. And so this bar owner says, Jesus, well, I'll give you everything. Obviously, I'll get out of the bar business and I'll do something else. Jesus said, don't do that. I have need of your bar. So he goes back to New Orleans and he opens, reopens his bar and it's called Saints and Sinners. And it's on Bourbon Street. And on the first floor, they're drinking and partying. On the second floor, they got a worship band and they're worshiping God. And so when you walk into there, you're like, partying here and partying up here in the spirit. Now what's happening? They're changing the spiritual atmosphere of Bourbon Street. People are coming into that bar, getting saved and healed and delivered and water baptized in the bar called Saints and Sinners. The guy that's leading worship there, Chris Burns, is coming here in the next few weeks to lead worship here. And he's got a movement called Jesus in a Bar. Now, I know some of you, that, you know, I see religious spirits like, Rrr. but see, here's what we got to understand. And I think this, if you don't catch anything else I catch today, please catch this. Catch this. On this same Zoom call, I was with a uh, medical doctor from England. And he's a pediatrician, and he said that he, he treats children with lazy eyes. And I didn't understand this, but he said basically 
that when a child has a lazy eye, what they do is they take a patch and put it over the good eye and it's literally like the child's left blind for a short season because unless forced to begin to use that eye, it doesn't connect with the nerves to the brain because he actually has the ability to see, but he's just not using what's there. And so when you blind him and patch the good eye, he staggers around for a while, but over time, that lazy eye begins to connect and be strengthened. And the next thing you know, the lazy eye becomes a good eye as well. His word over us, this doctor, was, I believe God has put a patch over the church's good eye. See, we've been good about coming to church. We've been good about paying tithes. We've been good about, you know, loving Jesus and doing this corporate thing that we know as church. But when it comes to stepping out in the world and changing the spiritual climate and the spiritual atmosphere, we got a lazy eye. So what'd God do? He said, well, I'll just shut the church down for a while. And so for a while, we couldn't even gather here. We had to take our homes and cause them to become sanctuaries of the Holy Spirit. We had to begin to get the Word of God out in our own sphere of influence and feed ourselves. We had to take, so what did God do? He put a patch over our good eye, and we've been staggering around for a few weeks and a few months out here, but I got news for you. All of a sudden, we're going to start seeing with this good eye. We're going to start moving with Holy Spirit. We're going to start finding opportunities in the marketplace and in our spheres of influence, and the next thing you know, we're not only going to have a good eye here, but we're going to have a good eye out in the marketplace. And I believe the kingdom of God is about to find its full expression in the earth through us, the light of the world, the believers that are moving with the Holy Spirit. Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. Or don't touch him. I'm sorry. Just look at him. We're not supposed to be touching. You say, how are we going to do this? Well, I told you the first way, which is we're just going to begin to speak words of kindness and words of blessing over people's lives. But there's two other ways I believe we're going to do this. One is our own spirits need to be nurtured. See, we're spirit, soul, and body. And we're designed for our spirit to be larger than our soul and our body. But most of us live with our bodies and souls bigger than our spirits. So hence, we live out of our minds. We live out of our natural abilities and our natural understanding instead of our spirits. So for the next 40 days, we've made something available to you there at the bookstore called Blessing Your Spirit, which is 40 blessings of the Heavenly Father of what He says about your spirit. What He says about who you actually are. Ramey saying it, that you begin to believe who you actually are. And so what, what we believe is that in 40 days, you can nurture your spirit. Just like if you were to decide to go to the gym for 40 days and start exercising your physical body, you could start seeing changes. In the next 40 days, if you will nurture your spirit, if you get up every day and read one of these paragraphs over your spirit, such as something like this, spirit, your culture is yearning and crying out for something more than religion or churchiness. The legitimate, powerful presence of God. I believe you with desperate hunger and thirst for bringing the manifest glory of God to your community. I bless you with vision and anointing to see what is necessary to prepare the way. I bless you with seeing outside your religious traditions. I bless you with the ability to sing the song of the gospel in a different key. I just happened to turn to this and it's so darn good. Doing no harm to the word or message that must remain unchanged. I bless you in the name of the glory of Israel in your own spirit. And so in the morning, you bless your own spirit. And then you get out in the culture that God called us to live in and work in and begin to change the spiritual atmosphere. 
How are we going to change it? Through acts of generosity and kindness. Acts of generosity and kindness. Isaiah 58 proclaimed this, and this is par- I'm paraphrasing. But Isaiah 58 says it so powerfully. It says, I'm tired of your religious rhetoric. God said, you worship me, you honor me with your mouth, you fast thinking that you're getting my attention, but God says your prayers are not even getting off the ground. Why? Because you fast for your own personal self instead of dealing with the chains of injustice, dealing with the hungry, clothing those that don't have, that don't have clothes, and taking care of the poor. This is the fast I'm after, God says. And if you'll start caring for those who I need you to care for, then your healing will spring forth speedily. Your glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Your light shall shine forth in the darkness, and you'll be like a well-watered garden. You'll be, like, you'll be known as people who can fix anything. And so what God is asking of us in this message of justice is when God called his people to repentance, it wasn't morality. Morality has nothing to do with God. Morality is for you. If you live a moral life, you're blessed. But in God's eyes, when he calls for repentance, all through the prophets, they were not calling for a morality of change. They were calling for justice. And there's 2,600 scriptures that tie justice and righteousness with generosity. What you're doing for others that they cannot do for themselves. And so I believe the whole way Christianity is expressed and the earth is beginning to change. Instead of proclaiming what we're against, we're going to be proclaiming what we're actually for. And instead of just talking about it, we're actually going to do it. Because most of the people that need God are not going to come to this church. The only God they're going to see is in you. And when you step in with generosity and kindness and love and forgiveness and patience and peace, then you're going to be the light that illuminates them so they can slip out of darkness and move right into the light of the glory of the gospel. And so we're calling our church to a 40 days of repentance, which is acts of kindness. So for the next 40 days, starting in the morning, your first thing you do is you bless your spirit and then simply say, Holy Spirit, show me today who and how I'm supposed to be kind to. And let him begin to talk to you. It could be sending an encouraging text. It could be paying at the drive-thru, paying it forward for somebody behind you. Buying someone's meal. Blessing someone. I told last week, uh, Bev and I were at Wendy's. Uh, we like running through Wendy's. We call it manna because, you know, we, we, we used to live on the road preaching, and man, Wendy's was our manna. They stayed open late at night. And so Bev and I rolled into Wendy's drive-thru, and we got us something to eat, and we're sitting in the parking lot eating. And um, so we're eating, and I look back at the lady that took our money when we went through, and it's like, you know, you hear the Holy Spirit said, go back over there, drive back over there, and give her $100. I'm like, Lord, if that's you, let a blue Dodge pickup truck pull through the drive-thru. You know, y'all know that, where you start really asking for all these signs, if God, if this is really you. And uh, somebody had happened to bless me, so I had a little extra cash in my pocket. And so I said, okay, Lord, if, seriously, if there's no cars, I'll go back. So I look, there's cars. I'm like, well, that's not God. So I mean, I look back again, there's no cars. So Bev and I look back around, we come through, we pull up. She looks at us strange, you know, like, what are you doing back? Like, is there a problem? I just stuck this $100 bill like this. I said, Jesus says this is yours. She went, glory to God. 
She said, she starts crying, did she? She started crying, saying, my God, I just prayed this morning. I got a need in my life. This is the exact amount of money I needed to take care of that need. And just started worshiping Jesus at the, come on, somebody, at the drive through window at Wendy's. Come on. Can you imagine what can happen over the next 40 days as we just start blessing people? with words, with gifts, with kindness, with generosity, with, with kind words, what's going to happen is going to change the spiritual atmosphere of our community. We don't overcome evil with evil. We overcome evil with good. And so all the chaos and confusion and darkness and political rhetoric and lies and accusations and Democrats against Republicans and all this nonsense that's going on in our world, we can step into it as God's ambassadors and we can begin to release the light of the glory of gospel through acts of kindness and begin to shift the spiritual atmosphere over our territory. Psalm eighty nine fifteen says, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance and your favor. So not only in these 40 days of repentance are we doing acts of kindness, we believe that the foolish act of releasing the sound of the shofar can change a spiritual atmosphere. Now some of us have tried to learn to blow them. This is, this is not a big one, this is like a derringer, right? But. Uh, some of us try to, those that can't blow them, there's this app on your phone, it's debt free, you can download it and it'll just blow it out loud. And so what we do is every day we, we wake up, we nurture our spirit, we pray, God, God show us how to walk today and we get outside somewhere because uh, it can get loud and we just release this sound. Now what is this sound significant for? Because this is the sound that is prophetically declaring where Abraham went on the mountain and God said, I'm not the God that needs to be sacrificed to. I'm actually the God who sacrifices for you. I am actually Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And when this sound is heard in the spirit realm, it reminds heaven and hell of God's covenant redemptive promises with our families and our lives. We've heard testimonies of people being protected by this sound. We've heard testimonies of people's bodies being healed. We've had testimonies of prodigal sons and daughters coming home. We've had testimonies of God's supernatural provision being released out of heaven, all by the sound of this shofar being released into the atmosphere. So aligning with Hebraic biblical culture, starting first thing in the morning, we're going to release this sound for 40 days over our atmosphere, over our territory, over our neighborhoods, and we're believing God that we're going to see the spiritual climate begin to shift and begin to change because of the sound that we're releasing during this season in the name of Jesus. So we're simply saying, Father, we enter in this season with great expectation that we're at the right time at the right place. The biblical concept is 40 days of favor that God is going to favor us with his goodness and his mercy and his grace in this season in a supernatural way. And as God pours out on us, we're going to pour out on others. And we believe during this 40 days that God will literally begin to shift and change our spiritual climate of our personal homes, families, neighborhoods, cities, 
communities, the state of Alabama, and yes, even the nation of America. If my people called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek God's face, God said, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I'm saying, Lord, let it begin right here with us in Oxford, Alabama, and begin to shift the spiritual atmosphere in this season in Jesus' name. Amen? Would you stand up with me this morning? We're going to go back into worship. At a certain point during worship, we're going to begin to move in giving first fruits offering. I'll tell you how to move with that. After we do that, after we begin to move that, don't leave because we want to decree out loud our declaration over this 40 days as we move with the Lord. And then we're going to invite those that are going to be water baptized. And hopefully many of you can stay with us and experience the baptism and celebrate the fact that people are following the Lord today through water baptism. But this song that we're about to sing in worship is very simple, but it's very profound. This is the song that God instructed his people in Second Chronicles 2020, where he sent an army out and they were being overtaken on every side with enemies. Any, any of you felt like in this last season that it was like you were just being overtaken at time by enemies, right? Just like there's so much warfare going on on so many levels. Well, Israel was in this place and in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, God said, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to fight your battle. I want you to send singers out and I want you to simply tell them to sing this song, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And this simple song of praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever so shifted the spiritual climate that it says the enemies begin to ambush each other. And God began to fight the battles for Israel and change the circumstance almost immediately. We're going to decree this today. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. And we're going to step into a new season where God is fighting our battles for us in this season in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.